Welcome to the Linked Up Church podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Gregory has a powerful and challenging word entitled Multicultural by Design. Let's get into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Praise God. Today, man, I tell you, wasn't that praise and worship awesome today? You know, our praise and worship team is awesome, but did you notice there was a different element with it today? And so Todd McVicker just brought something different because he's different, and he's from a different culture. And I want you all to know that God loves diversity. God doesn't love anything where everybody looks the same. And diversity is God's design. I want to show a little video before I minister the word onto you on today. If you all would, draw your attention to the screens. Difference is a virtue. Difference in culture and creed, age and color. Difference in passion and experience and skill set. And how much better off we are, how much stronger, when difference pushes us toward new ideas, challenges us to find new opportunities, when difference sheds light on all things unique, rare, and wonderful. Still, while our differences may distinguish us, it's our humanity that defines us. Our humanity that lets us see the world through each other's eyes. And just as importantly, our humanity makes us remember what it's like to feel unseen or unheard, experience bias or prejudice, or feel like our work and our world don't belong to us. But they do. And the moment we recognize what unites us instead of what divides us, something remarkable will take place. What once seemed foreign will be familiar. What we might have overlooked will now be able to see in full, see joy and triumph, sorrow and struggle, see strength and potential, courage and resilience. See that the differences between us remain, but the distances between us are closed. We'll see a world in which we can transform together. A world that moves faster, dreams bigger, works better for everyone. We'll see the world as it was meant to be seen. Through each other's eyes. Isn't that good? And folks, that's what I believe God is challenging Linked Up Church to embrace, is different. Different in the kingdom of God equals better. I want to prove to you, my assignment today is to prove to you that God's design for the church has always been that it would be multicultural. God never designed for church to be all Caucasian, all black, all Hispanic. How I many know people in our humanity have tried to bring God down to our level? But what God is going to do today through his word is challenge us to come up to his level and start embracing different because different is actually better. 
Todd, I couldn't help but look at you the entire time. Just your style. I said, hold on. He is as smooth as anybody on the platform today. And I loved every minute of it. Because it just brings a diversity to a song that we always sing. It gives it something different that we couldn't have unless he brought his supply to that. Multicultural by design means, or multicultural by definition means, consisting of or relating to people of many different nationalities and cultures. Our text today is going to give us a picture of God's multicultural church from a biblical point of view. The human race is divided into two distinct groups. Let's do a little Bible study. Who can tell me what those two distinct groups are? There are only two distinct groups in the world, according to the Bible. Jews and Gentiles. This is a good church. It's all it is, folks, according to the Bible. It's just Jews and Gentiles. So they're Jews, and then everyone else is considered a Gentile. Somebody say, if I'm not Jew, then I'm a Gentile. Say that. That's probably everyone in the room and everyone watching online. Okay, let's keep reading here. The term the Bible uses for everyone else, as we just mentioned, is the Gentiles. It simply means non-Jews, but it is also translated in other places as the word nations, which is a Greek word, ethnos, which means all nationalities and all races. Since there are about 16 or 15 million Jews in the total world population, listen very carefully, but over 6 billion other than everyone else that is non-Jew, which is the majority, falls into the category of Gentiles. So our passage today is going to tell us that God wants the Gentiles in his church. I mean, that's good to know because if he didn't want the Gentiles, none of us would be here. Somebody ought to take a moment and thank God right now that he made room for the Gentiles or the non-Jews. So God wants the Gentiles, which means that the church of Jesus Christ, the real church, here's our challenge. God's church must be multicultural. Let's read our foundation text for today in Romans chapter 15, verses 7 through 13. Now, the entire chapter, the context is that unity or love is what unites us. I mean, we all need to find common ground and not different ground to bring us together. When you talk about the church, it's Jesus Christ that should unite all of us, right? The, also, the context here is really talking about me doing something that sacrifices myself to give you an advantage. Christianity is really not about you. Christianity is about you attempting to give someone else an advantage in life. Now, let's read our text. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, and it reads, Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. 
He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies or his compassion to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, for this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in another place it is written, rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, praise him. All you people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, the heir to David's throne will come and he will rule over the Gentiles. Now, if you come from any type of Bible education background, how many of y'all know that anytime you read something more than one time in the same context, you can literally form doctrine off of that? Scripture says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So in this one, these several verses here, he says the same thing four different times. So this is the heart of God. This is doctrine. This is who he is. And we can really build off of this. It says they will place their hope in him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Anybody trust in God today? Well, it's something about trusting in God that allows him to fill you to your overflow with something called peace and hope. It says, then the Holy Spirit, well, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about what all of that means. Let's look at five keys to having a multicultural church. How many of y'all are embracing the fact that we need to be a multicultural church? No doubt about it, right? Let's talk about it. Number one is it must be accepting. It must be accepting. Notice what Romans 15, 7 says here. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ accepted you so that God will be given the glory. Now, I don't know about you. I didn't come to God with it all together. Matter of fact, I came to God messed up. I think it took faith for them to welcome me into the church. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I came to God busted. Come on, somebody. Disgusted. Come on, blew up, depressed. Come on, somebody. Uh, broken down, lost in life. But the church accepted me. Folks, we've got to notice when people come in that are different, how are we making them feel? Because at the end of the day, what matters is not what you said, but how did you make them feel? By definition, the word accept in the Greek word is a word proslambano. And it literally means to take to oneself. See, did you go over and say, hi, my name is Joel, what's yours? Welcome to Linked Up Church. We are so glad to have you today. Did you come by yourself? Would you like to sit with us? The worst thing the church can do is not acknowledge and accept people the moment they walk through the doors. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. It also means to lead, to admit to. I love this, to friendship or hospitality, to receive, to take onto oneself. 
right? It's okay to say, how can I help your day go better? They have children. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you said, hey, I know where children's church is. Can I help you? Just in case they get by the hospitality people, there should be many other people paying attention and looking to make sure that everyone who graces our doors feels accepted. Said another way, this verse tells us that when we truly welcome believers from different backgrounds and non-believers into the local church, God is honored, but more importantly, his name is praised. My prayer for Linked Up Church is that when someone comes in here is different, we don't turn them off and run them away. And we won't. Todd, you were awesome today. Awesome, man. Awesome. Awesome. Number two, we must be in an inclusive church. The word inclusive by definition, I love this. Be considerate. Include everything. See, how many know you shouldn't just sing one style of music? You shouldn't just hear from one style of speaker. Come on, somebody. That's why he gave some prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and prophets. Because people need diversity in order to mature. So inclusive means be considerate, include everything. And it also means embracing. Look at Romans 15, 8 through 9. The New Living Translation that we read says, Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will sing praises to your name. Now, I know all of that might sound complicated, but at the end of the day, all that simply means is that God always had a plan for both Jews and Gentiles. From the foundation of the world, God did not exclude anyone. Somebody ought to thank God for that. So to prove that point, I'm one of those, when you'll notice when we read the text, it said, the psalmist said, and then it said, in other places, it said. Whenever you read that, how many know you should go back and look at where it was said from? Because Paul is literally quoting from the Old Testament. Now, this is not in your notes, right? So if you want it, I'm going to give it to you. Of course, you can go back. If you don't catch it all when I say it, rewatch it. But if it's important to you, I would want to know where Paul was quoting those texts from. And so... Very important here. It says here, the first quotation is from 2 Samuel 22:50, where he says that Christ will be praised among the Gentiles. And so since we're all Gentiles in this room, and it said Christ will be praised among them, let's take a moment to act out that verse. The second one is from Deuteronomy 32, 43. And it says that the Gentiles and Jews will praise God together. So now watch this, folks. And I, and I know this is, a, this is educational today. At some point, 
Jews and Gentiles have to come together. It is a part of God's plan. There's a piece of us that won't get everything that God wants us to have without them. But there's a piece of them that they won't get everything that God wants them to have without us. All right. The third quotation comes from Psalms 117, verse 1, or stanza 1. And it calls on the Gentiles to praise the Lord. Well, somebody catching on there. And then the fourth quotation is from Isaiah 11:10. And it looks forward to the day when Christ will return and reign over all nations or ethnicities of the earth. So let's not miss the key point here with all that information. The key point here is that God always had a plan for both Jews and Gentiles. And at no point, listen very carefully, did God exclude anyone. And so if we're going to mirror who he is as a church, then we cannot exclude anyone but must embrace everyone. When we get to some other areas, you're going to understand that we have to hire intentionally. We have to be intentional about what's up here on the stage. Okay. All right, let's look at number three. It is a worshiping church. To build a multicultural church, it must be a worshiping church. I'm actually thankful to God I go to a church that loves to worship God. It brings my heart tremendous joy to know that anytime we ask our people to lift up their hands and just worship God, they will do it instantly. Let me show you what I'm talking about online and in the room. Just go ahead and lift up your hands and begin to worship God. That is such a, look at, that is such a beautiful sight. Come on online, just lift up your hands and just begin to worship him. Tell him how much you love him, how much you honor him, you adore him. God, you are wonderful, mighty and majestic in all of your ways. Let's look at verses 9 through 11. He also came that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies or his compassions to them. This is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, for this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in another place it is written, rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all the people of the earth. So if you understand the emphasis here, and you tell me if I'm accurate here, uh, Todd. Believe it or not, what divides us the most on Sunday morning is not information. Believe it or not, it's not. Studies will show you that it is not the message that divides us on Sunday morning. People who come and join this church that are different say, you know, when I got here at the end of the day, it was the great information just like where I came from. Only thing that was different, watch this, was the worship. So if you look at what he's emphasizing here, Worship should be something that unites us. And not allow the style of it to divide us. 
which means the only way to get diversity in it is that other people have to step up and bring their culture to our worship so that we can get many different experiences on Sunday morning. And not just one experience. I can prove this to you. The text bears everything out that I just said to you. Hallelujah is the same in any language around the world. So you'll see three times in these verses that God calls the Gentiles and the Jews to rejoice together. Why? Because praise is the universal language of the Christian church. But I want to show you how the devil has gotten in there and now allow praise and worship to divide us. You go anywhere around the world and you will discover how true this is. Did you know that the word hallelujah is the same in every language on this earth? No matter where you go, if you hear a person say hallelujah, you know it means praise the Lord. Isn't that interesting? So God took one word and made it the same all across the world to give us a reason to come together and not be divided. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, I said somebody say hallelujah. Did you know that hallelujah is the highest praise? So it doesn't matter where you go in the world, if you see a Christian, the two of you all can communicate by just saying hallelujah. And each one will know what each other's talking about, regardless of the different dialects that they speak. Isn't that good? Are you all learning anything today? So I need you to open up your heart and open up your mind. I'm telling you publicly, it's okay. My kids can marry whoever they want to marry. As long as they're saved. But the color of their skin will not matter to me at all. Number four, we have to be an evangelistic church. You'll notice that sometimes churches only minister and evangelize in areas that they're comfortable with. They don't go outside their comfort zone to minister and evangelize different cultures. Look at what Romans 15, 12 says. And in another place, Isaiah said, the heir to David's throne will come and he will rule over the Gentiles. Bible study. Who is the heir to David's throne? Two people answered that. Who is the heir to David's throne? Come on, say it like you mean it. You all said it like you're in class somewhere. <laughs> Jesus. And then once you see I'm going in that direction, Jesus. You remember when you were a kid, weren't sure about the answer? You let everybody else yell at first. Then you see the teacher heading in that direction, and you're like, Jesus, Jesus, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> see, at the end of the day, folks, my wife is half Korean, 50% and half everything else. <laughs> right or wrong? Yeah. 
you all think black, but really, no. It's German, uh, Native American. She is a smorgasbord of a lot of things. And that's what makes her as beautiful as she is today is because she's a lot of everything. That's what I love about her. She's a lot of everything. And I was actually going to call her up here on the stage today to use her in an example because, see, our differences is what make us special. I mean, I, I don't know if you all figured it out, married people, but believe it or not, we can look at the same thing and see it differently. Eight out of ten things that we see, we don't see the same way. Maybe nine out of ten. Maybe ten out of ten. Come on, anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Right? And so if we don't learn how to communicate and, and share these diverse thoughts about the same thing, we usually end up with a better conclusion and we make a better decision when I bring her piece in and she brings my piece in. We usually end up making a better decision than if she would have made it by herself or I would have made it by myself. Now, the real reason I didn't bring her up here on the stage is because the outfit that she has on is not, it's not Kojic appropriate. She got all her arms out. She got her toes out. See, the nurses in the church where I came from, they wouldn't have just gave her a lap cloth. They would have put a whole sheet over her. They would have just covered her up. Come on, come on. Anybody ever, anybody come from a church like that? I literally saw that. They, they wouldn't got lap cloths, jackets. I said, just go ahead and get a whole blanket and just cover, cover the girl up. But the nurses would have came, told her she can't sit on the front row. Come on, somebody. Not with that outfit on. Not with those shoes on. They'd have put her up in the back of the riser up there at the far right. I'm just having fun with my baby. I thank God that she is free. Right? So an evangelistic church, folks, this is our mandate for evangelism, right? says here that the heir to David's throne, who is Jesus, will come. And he will rule over the Gentiles, watch this, and they will place their hope in him. Folks, the world needs a redeemer. And I came to tell you today that regardless of background, skin color, education, Christ is more than enough to redeem your life from destruction. Come on, God can fix any marriage. God can help any children. Come on, God can redeem your life from drugs, cigarettes, alcohol. God can redeem your career. God can get you a job. God can pay your bills. God can redeem your life from debt. Come on, somebody. Jesus is more than enough, and he is the hope of the world. And we should not let a person's culture or background stop us from telling them that Jesus is your answer. Jesus can fix it. Come on, with God on your side, don't you worry about what people are trying to do to you. Folks, Jesus is still the hope of the world. And when the church stops telling people that, the church is in trouble. At the end of the day, 
if the church is relying on the pastor, that church is in trouble. That pastor should be teaching the church to rely on Jesus. He is your answer to whatever you're dealing with right now. He is your redeemer. The word redeemer means to be bought back, to be restored. Come on, somebody. Your life can look like what God originally planned it to look like, regardless of where you're at right now. If you'll just find out what God said, believe what he said, obey what he said, live what he said, it'll be true in your life. Just have the boldness to start right where you are. Your life is not too far gone that God can't redeem it. Satan wants you to believe that you have messed up too much. Satan wants you to believe that nobody will want me after all that I've done. Satan wants you to believe that you are too far gone. Satan is the only one that wants you to believe that. No, God wants you to believe that he will redeem your life from destruction. If you will just give him a chance to. Folks, you're looking at, though, I, I don't know if a life could be more messed up than mine was. And he never judged me based off of my past. He only saw a future for me. Folks, a lot of you may not know it. I missed three years of school. I didn't go to school from the sixth through the eighth grade. Running around in gangs, breaking in houses, stealing cars, shooting at people, getting shot at. But God. Come on, somebody. I, I was just a gift, gifted athlete, and the principal from the middle school and the principal from the high school got together, and they sent me to high school. Kevin knows what I'm talking about. He was there. I grew up, if you know about Detroit, I grew up on Dexter and Davis. YBI's, Young Boys Incorporated. I saw death and killing and stealing at the highest level as a little child. I grew up in a house with 13 people. Three baths, three bedrooms and one and a half baths for 13 people. There's no way I should be here today. But God. Come on, somebody. I never, ever told a woman that I loved her. It was a violation. I wouldn't show up in public. There's no public affection. When you see me in public, act like you don't know me. And I don't tell people I love them because that's how hurtful and hard that word was to me because I grew up without a father. And I had a father who would tell me, I'm coming over to take you to get you something for your birthday. And I was the kid in the window, and he never showed up. And so I cried for hours, and it made my heart harder. So I didn't trust anybody. But God. 
See, I know you all look up here today and you think, ah, no, you don't know where I came from. You have no clue. So all I knew when I came to God was I'm a mess. Can you redeem this kind of life, God? And guess what? Not only did he show me he can, but he did. Come on, and God is no respecter of persons. If you will allow him, I don't care how dark it is. Come on, somebody, I don't care how bad it is. Come on, I don't care how far out there you've gone. I don't care what you've done wrong. You are not too far gone that God can't redeem your life from destruction. And so I don't care who it is. We need to evangelize everyone and give everyone a chance and everyone an opportunity because you just don't know how their life will turn out. Be careful when you look down on other people because they might just be the people that you have to pass on your way down while they're on their way up. Number five, let's close here. It is an overflowing church. It's an overflowing church. It should overflow with love, overflow with praise, overflow with worship. We talk about God as a God that's too much. Well, let's let him be too much in our services. 13 says, I pray that God, Romans 15, 13, the source of hope. Who is the source of hope? God is the source of hope. The word hope means to anticipate, to have an expectation. It means confidence. I love this definition. It means faith in your future. I came to prophesy to somebody online and somebody in this room. Your best days are not behind you. Regardless of your age, your best days are still out in front of you. And when you put your hope in God, that is exactly the way it will be. It says he will fill you completely with joy. The word joy means cheerfulness, delight, and gladness. He will fill you completely with that so that every day you wake up, you will wake up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You will wake up and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Glory to God. And when you get out of that bed and your feet hit the ground, you will say, thank you, God, for waking me up to see another day. This is the day that you have made. I will prosper. I will succeed. I will do well. I will overcome. I will get better. I will be what you designed for me to be. God will fill you with that type of joy. Not just that type of joy. It says, and peace. I love this. In believing. Peace means quietness. It means rest. It means prosperity. 
Some of you all are tired of being tired. Some of you all have gone through so much that you just think life is supposed to be that way. No, I'm telling you, God can fill you with peace. Shalom, shalom, irony, quietness, rest, prosperity. He can set you at one again. He can cause your life to be whole. Come on, he can give you rest in the front. He can give you rest in the back. He can give you rest on both sides. God promised that he would fill you with this if you'll put all of your hope in him. Then it tells you right here, to get this is because you trust in him. Type it in right now. I trust God. Say it in the room. Say, I trust God. Do you believe that? Then live your life like you can't lose and you can't fail because your trust is in the right place. Then I love it here. It's one of the most powerful benedictions I've ever read in the Bible. It says, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice, you don't have to rely on yourself to do this. See, it's not by might, nor by, come on somebody, but it's by my spirit. Come on, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You can do all, no you don't. Sit down, sit down, sit down. That's not appropriate. Sit down, sit down, sit down. That's not appropriate. Somebody give God glory. Don't let that distract you. Come on, somebody give God glory. Don't let that distract you. I said, come on, somebody give God glory. Don't let that distract you. I said, come on, somebody give God glory. Don't let that distract you. I said, come on, somebody give God glory. Don't let that distract you. Come on, I said, somebody give God glory. Don't let that distract you. Come on, I know you mean well. Stay there. Stay right there. Stay right there. You never interrupt. Listen, man, I know you mean well, but you never interrupt when a speaker is speaking. God will never give you something that he didn't tell me first. So your cue would be when I say somebody has something from God in here. Then that would be your cue to release that. If that doesn't happen, then it's something for you to pray about and intercede about, okay? Not interrupt. God does everything decently and in order, okay? I know you mean well. That's why I'm taking time to love on you right now. I will not crush your spirit. I won't do that. But there has to be order in God's house. And so the Holy Spirit, you can be seated. So the Holy Spirit is the one that will help you achieve this in your life if you allow him to. And how many of y'all know God has hope to spare? See, at the end of the day, I'm a hope dealer. I deal hope every Sunday morning. Come on, what you need, a nickel? You need a dime? Or you need a whole rack. Come get as much as you need. Because how many of you know the church should be giving folks too much hope? 
We might need to get a sign out there, Minister Johnny, outside on the front line that says, if you're looking for hope, we've got plenty to spare. Come on, somebody. Now, I want to shift us a little bit because hallelujah is the universal language. And the music department has prepared something that we can sing hallelujah in multiple different languages. And we're just going to take a few moments to do this. And so I want everyone online, I want you to stand to your feet. Everyone in the room, I want you to stand to your feet. And don't look for reasons to be divided. Look for reasons to be united. Minister Bernard. Lift up our worship all over this room. Let's create the atmosphere of heaven in this room. As we worship for the nations in this moment, just begin to lift up your holy language, lift up your worship, lift up your worship. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, you're my God, hallelujah, 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 you're my God.
Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. 
praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected today. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkeduppchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833-988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.